become misfortune. <laughs> I'm watching you. Hey guys, welcome to episode 17 of Macabre Misfortunes. I'm Jerry. And I'm Tracy. So Tracy, I learned recently about a fascinating place in Scotland called Roslyn Chapel. Sounds nice. Let's go. So this place is reported to be haunted by a variety of different ghosts. Visitors have claimed to see apparitions. And in 2010, there were a group of men that were doing some work on uh, some restorations and they refused to carry out any restoration work during the nighttime hours. Shoot, that must have been some scary crap going on there. <laughs> All right, so this chapel is really close to Edinburgh, Scotland, just a little south of Edinburgh, in fact. It was built, get this, in 1446. Oh my gosh, how cool is that? It was built by William Sinclair. He is the Earl, or was, the Earl of Orkney. I don't know for a fact, but I'm assuming he was, he's no longer alive. Probably not. Obviously, it's a big tourist attraction for many reasons, from a historical landmark. Of course. I mean, obviously, from a religious aspect, Mm because it is a chapel, to an architectural interest because of the many different uh, ornate styles that are involved in here. Now, one of the more fascinating parts of the chapel is the amount of controversy that's been involved historically. For example, some historians believe that the chapel had strong links in the past to the Knights Templar. Now, obviously, we don't, we haven't talked a whole lot about Knights Templar on here, but needless to say, when you dig back and you start talking about things like the Masons, the Freemasons, and the Knights of Templar, and mm-hmm. other secret societies and stuff like that, there is obviously going to be some controversy always tied anytime you bring mm-hmm. them up. Some also think... As we have found. Huh? I said, as we have found. Right. Some also think that there are religious relics hidden on the property itself. One of the many theories is that the Holy Grail is hidden within the underground vault beneath the floor of the oh chapel. Oh my gosh, how cool is that? Not as cool as this one. Oh. One of the more recent theories may be the most astonishing. Are you ready for this? Yeah, y'all. There's a legend that the mummified head of Jesus Christ, which was worshipped by the Knights Templar hundreds of years ago, is supposedly buried beneath the chapel as well. I don't even know what to say about that. What do you think about that? Well, you know, I'm not a religious scholar by any means. I know according to the New Testament, obviously Jesus was crucified He died and was buried on the third day, which was Easter Sunday. He rose from the dead. But I don't know that I've ever heard what happened to the body. Now, I understand that theoretically, when you rise from the dead, that's supposed to be spiritually, not physical body. Mm -hmm. Uh, Though, you know, supposedly Jesus did, you know, bring Lazarus back from the dead and some of the others. But, you know, I... 
I haven't heard anything or that I remember from my years of Catholic school of what actually happened to Jesus's body. Okay. So I don't know if his body was just gone or found or how they would have his mummified head or why, why they would have his mummified head or why there would be a mummified head. So I really don't know what to think about that situation. Okay. Obviously with all these rumors, going around about things being buried underneath the chapel. The trustees of the chapel are under constant pressure to carry out excavations to find out whether there's any truth to the many theories about the chapel's mysteries out there. I'm not aware of anything ever being uncovered, obviously, that would give Mm -hmm. any kind of credence to the Holy Grail or a mummified head or anything being found there. So we mentioned in the Mission Inn episode that we just did this past Sunday that there were many additions that were done in different architectural styles. It's not exactly the same with this chapel, but there are some similarities. The interior of the chapel is unusually ornate for a Scottish church, and it's unique amongst the other chapels of that time period. Most Scottish religious buildings of that time were very plain in design. Roslyn Chapel essentially is a Gothic building, but at the same time has very fancy decorations and exotic, or some will even say eccentric designs, which sets it apart from others. It's believed that the reason for the different designs is because of the many foreign craftsmen who were employed during the construction period. So they, you know, if they had somebody from France or if they had somebody from Spain, they built stuff in there, did stuff according to what they were used to doing. Yeah. Instead of everything being done the same, there's a bunch of different styles within the church. I wonder how many people have tried to get in there and dig for that stuff. Oh, I'm not sure. You know what I'm saying? How, how bad that was. I mean, if people knew that, wouldn't you think people would try to get to it? I would think, but I would think they also probably have it pretty well guarded. I mean, I would say so, yeah. So, but anyway, What would you do with it after you got it? I don't know. What if you What if you got the Holy Grail? What the heck? Just make a YouTube video showing everybody you got it. Oh, my gosh. Hey, yo, peeps. Your boy here, the stud, I got the Holy Grail right here. Want everybody to see. I don't know. Anyways. One piece. That was done, by the way. Sorry. Okay, go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) One piece, one particular part, I should say, within a chapel that is very ornate and beautifully carved is a pillar known as the Apprentice Pillar. Now, the pillar has a story all of its own. The story says that there, during the time that the chapel was being constructed, one of the stonemasons requested to carve one of the pillars in the style of one particular column in Rome. Well, the man was really struggling to make it look like the one in Rome. Mm-hmm. And the only thing he had to go by was a picture that he had. Yeah, that would be tough. So, he decided that he wanted to travel to Rome... And see this column himself. Mm -hmm. Now, remember, this is the 1400s. It's not that easy to just travel from Scotland to Italy. Oh, my Lord. How long would that have took, I wonder? Well, it took several weeks, as you could imagine. While he was gone, his apprentice, who had been left behind, decided that, you know what? I think I can carve this pillar. So he took it upon himself to carve the pillar. Get out of here. He studied the picture that the stonemason had initially was using, left behind. And when the stonemason arrived from Italy, 
he found that the work that his apprentice had done was far superior to anything that he might have been able to do himself. I was going to say, would he be mad about that? Or? Well, in fact, he had a fit of rage and he killed the apprentice <gasps> on the spot. Are you serious? I'm serious. The story is that... Oh, no. Don't tell me he decided to say that he did that. No, no, no. No, everybody knew who did it. But the story is believed to be true because there was a delay between the construction of the chapel and its actual... Uh, eventual consecration, which took place only after an act of reconciliation had been sought from the Archbishop of St. Andrews. So something happened for them to say, um, something messed up happened in here. We need to have the Archbishop come out here and Mm -hmm. do a special ceremony and stuff before we can even open the church. So that's the one thing that they cling to, saying that they think the story, at least that much of it's true. It probably won't surprise you to know that one of the ghosts at the chapel is the spirit of the apprentice. At least that's what's believed. He's been seen standing next to the pillar, and the sound of him weeping has also been heard by many visitors. Well, I'm, of course, he thinks he's done this beautiful work, and he's so proud of it, and then he gets the axe. I mean, you would think that he, that when the guy showed up, he was like, look what I did. You know, this is this is what I've learned from the skills you taught me. Well, yeah. But no. Well, no. that guy was a jerk. And for the record, I don't know if he got killed with an axe or not. Could have been killed something else. <laughs> so let's talk about some other ghosts at Roslyn Chapel. In July of 2006, a group of actors were using the chapel to rehearse for a play that they were going to perform at the Edinburgh Festival. One of the actors claimed to have seen a figure in the building. The building was described as fairy-like. On that same night, one of the group members was locking up the chapel after everybody could finish all the rehearsing. He heard the voice of a child in the crypt area. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he wanted to make sure that he didn't lock somebody inside. So he went to the crypt area and searched all around and no one was in the chapel except for himself. Several monks have visited the chapel over its illustrious history. Several witnesses believe that one of the monks still resides in the chapel. They've been seen on several different occasions. Several reports of ghost monks have been seen praying at the altar. So, okay, I get that. So if you are a monk, monks are not supposed to talk, right? I think they take a a vow of no talking for like the first so many years. I think it really depends, but I think that's usually like when you're going through your to become a monk stage. Okay, so I was just wondering if you're in that stage at said time and you saw a ghost, can they just they just have to sit there and not say anything? You know I'm, what I'm saying? Like, oh, gosh, there's a ghost. Or, or tell somebody what you saw. You but know in this saying? case, the monk was the ghost. Well, no, I'm, t- I'm talking in another... In general. Yeah. Off topic, as usual. Oh, what? <laughs> Well, I'm just thinking if you're a monk and you're not supposed to talk and you see something, are you just supposed to hold it in or can you say, ah? I'm going to go out on a limb and say that there are exceptions. Like if someone stabs you, you're allowed to say, oh, no, somebody stabbed me. They're not going to hold that against you. Or if it's an emergency and you're choking, you're not going to play charades. Three words, uh, grasping at your throat. (laughs) I mean, I'm I'm sure they're going to allow you to talk. Well, I don't know the rules. Under their, well, I don't know the rules either, but I'm, I'm sure there's exceptions to every rule. 
I mean, you were doing great. You were on your eighth week, your final week, but then you were choking and you said, help me. I mean, rules are rules. We can't do it. Sorry. That would suck. It would suck. Anyways, <laughs> one of the uh, the sightings said that the um, they said that they described the monk as dressed in all gray, and he was surrounded by four knights. So it goes back to the Knights of Templar. Several others have claimed to have seen hooded monks wandering around the chapel and its grounds. Others have reported feeling a very strange chill in the air even on the warmest days as you approach the crypt area. Maybe it's just an umbrella. What's an umbrella? That they saw standing there. <laughs> you remember um, that that's one? not the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> as we mentioned at the beginning of the story, in 2010, there was a group of workers that were doing restoration work on the chapel. They were ordered to work throughout the night doing this type of work. The following morning, though... All of them refused to work during the night again on the property. And from this point on, work was only done during the daylight hours. Gotta stand your ground, man. I didn't see anything about what they actually saw, but that's what... Well, uh, it must have been pretty terrifying for them all to say. I'm and not... I don't know how, how many were there. I mean, it could have been three people, mm -hmm. but still. Oh, still, I mean, heck far, I wouldn't do it. All right, you ready for your creepy fact of the week? Sure. In 2007... A woman died after drinking more than a gallon of water in three hours. She did it to win a wee. Which is odd, because she probably had to wee when she was there. Um, she probably had to wee-wee. Um, That's terrible. I've heard of that happening. Well, I mean, Matt. Well, Matt, yeah. yeah we uh, we got a, a friend of ours that's on the radio up here, Kentucky Sports Radio, Matt Jones. He was on a kick where he was trying to be, eat healthier, drink healthier, all that, and was drinking a lot of water. And he actually had to go to the hospital, and they told him he had, was it water poisoning yes, or something? Uh -huh. Because you can actually drink too much water. Uh -huh. And I had no clue up no. until the fact that he had said that on the radio a year and a half ago or so. I know. Like, he was in there for like a week, wasn't Yeah, he? he was in there for like 10 days. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, I'm like Blood pressure you. problems and all, uh -huh. but the biggest problem was the fact that he had drank so much water that your body can have too much water. Yeah. And I had no clue. No, I didn't either. So, so Interesting. Water ain't always good for your hoes. Right. Anyways, we thank you guys so much for listening, and we hope you enjoyed. Thanks, guys. We love you.